2: Please consider supporting Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. Uh, they are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hey, this is Adam from Toronto, and I support Creative Control because Vich is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in Canada, or anywhere in the world, really. He approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years, creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work. No one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does, with a mixture of meticulous research, wise artistic insights, and well-humored personal connections. I proudly support Vish and Creative Control on Patreon. You should, too.
0: To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control... Please visit patreon.com creative control today.
2: Haviah Mighty is an award-winning and multi-talented hip-hop artist based in Brampton, Ontario. Prolific and gifted as a storyteller, singer, rapper, producer, and songwriter, Mighty won the 2019 Polaris Music Prize for her album 13th Floor. The award netted her a substantial cash prize and ostensibly earned her Album of the Year honors by Canadian music critics. In her first major statement since 13th Floor, Mighty returns with a brilliant new mixtape called Stock Exchange, which is available everywhere on November 12th, 2021. As such, Havaya returns to this show to discuss her recent yet purposely vague disclosures about her personal health issues and current state of mind, modern medicine and our collective relationship with nutrition, social media and social pressure, the story behind the making of Stock Exchange and her artistic evolution, future plans and much more. A part of the Entertainment One network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music, a wonderful record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and friendly staff who will happily help you with your orders, uh, hard to find titles, new releases, whatever it is you're looking for. You can learn more about Blackbird. At their website, blackbird.ca, plus in-kind support from Pizza Tracadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is the 649th episode of Creative Control, featuring the fearless and thoughtful Havaya Mighty, with your host, me, Vish Khanna.
0: Prince, turn it up. I level up dirty. the first thing to know She see me work on my vertical growth She see my journey and hurting for dough She looked me upset, she heard of me before She found a vibe that she listened to Make a dance with no top in the living room She a fan and she watch all my interviews Now she hang by the ball when I'm in the room Man, I make myself way too accessible I'm just hugging the fan, won't let go of my hand And she say that I'm way too incredible I can see that she making it sexual Initially, I'm going for it. She fired a combo flowing, and I know she admired me. Little did I know shorty was trying me. Asked if I'm open to privacy. Hi, Avaya. How you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. How are you? I'm well. It's
2: nice to speak to you uh, again. First of all, where in the world are you? I'm in Brampton. Oh, Brampton. You know, that's the last time you and I had a long chat. Remember, we went to some little cafe or Second something?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I recall.
2: <laughs> that was fun. I enjoyed that, and uh, uh, you're hanging in there. I thought maybe... You might have uh, moved on from Brampton, but you're holding it down still.
0: I'm holding it down still. You know, I'm definitely working on moving on, whether it's Brampton or somewhere else. I don't know. But, you know, definitely, definitely saving for some property.
2: Yeah. Would you consider the United States of America or would you want to stay in Canada?
0: Mm, I thought about that. Interestingly enough, I kind of like started really feeling like, okay, like the house is going to happen right before uh, the pandemic that was in February when I was in L.A. and I was kind of thinking about the idea of what would it be like to live here but with the pandemic and so much unpredictability it's kind of like just really uncertain so i feel like i'll still be saving for a few years and by the time i decide hopefully the uncertainty that that we're kind of experiencing we see a little bit more clarity and it will help me discern you know where would be a good place to yeah i don't know right now if the states is a is a viable option i know you know with everything and then also just like currency differences and stuff taxes that Canadians would have to pay, like it's it's a lot. I think it also yeah. depends on where my career goes.
2: Yeah, well, it seems to be uh, on the uh, come up always. It's always ascending, I guess, is what I mean there. It's uh, you're doing well, so thank you. Sky's the limit, I'm sure. Now, normally when I ask someone how it's going, it's pretty like perfunctory, you know, small talk, and people talk about what's going on. Uh, I should address the fact that you recently revealed that you've been enduring some some health concerns and I feel horrible about this and I also don't want to pry a, and present anything that you don't want to present in a public forum, but I also want to ask how you're doing really and uh, uh, yeah, what's uh, I don't mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying? I don't want to be awkward and be like, what's happening, but how are you doing generally?
0: Yeah, generally, I would say I am I'm recovering, you know i'm I'm getting to a place where I'm starting to feel a little bit more like myself. I will still have some setbacks for a month, a month and a half, you know, leading into 2022. I'm hoping, you know, I'll have my strength back. I won't have like certain treatments that I'm like kind of like aiding on. And hopefully, you know, I'll be able to kind of like return to like the same energy that I used to have on stage and just all of that. But October was tough. I knew October was going to be tough because the calendar was crazy, but it just it was tougher (laughs) than I thought in a very different way. Than I thought, and mm. you know, when I when I when I get to the other side of kind of knowing for sure that I'm good and feeling a hundred percent like myself, it's definitely something I want to talk about just because it's a it's an interesting story. I do think there's some like kind of awareness elements to the story in terms of just like advocating for your own health, uh, the experiences in in kind of dealing with you know the hospital system in this time, and considering like certain things that are going on with yourself. You know, I'm definitely the like. Busy be focused on my music, you know there were a lot of things that I just wasn't paying attention to, and not that not that any of that explicitly led to what i what I experienced uh, at the beginning of the month in terms of being ill, but I do think that kind of overall that balance was lacking, and that didn't help the situation had I mm-hmm. been focused more on like how many meals I was having a day or the, these sorts of things maybe my immune system would have been in a position to kind of like support me better rather than finding myself in possibly a life-threatening position so it's just a lot of a lot of different thoughts regarding what that was I would say it's a life-changing experience for me it's funny because I have a difficulty with acknowledging trauma so like i always go through something and then think yeah but it's not that bad because like there's other people in the hospital that don't get to leave or they're like they had brain surgery or, you know, they, you know, there's something that's worse than what I went through. And I'm just yeah. trying to even like just process like you went through something pretty traumatic, like acknowledge that it's OK, you know, and yeah. just like be OK with the fact that that happened and you, you you are seemingly overcoming this. And and then you can talk about that again uh, or talk about that, you know, when you're ready. But I would say there's more uh, probably more mental changes than there are physical with uh, with that.
2: Hmm. Okay. Well, I appreciate your willingness to talk about it at all. Uh, obviously, in an age of uh, when we're living through a pandemic, we are becoming um, both accustomed to and desensitized a little bit to the fact that people are getting sick with what we're going through right now with this virus, but also other things. And we're also losing people. And uh, I can feel a little bit of a desensitization occurring, as I mentioned earlier. It's not a callousness, but it's just an accept... like. More so than usual, an acceptance that people are going to get sick or, or yeah, or, and or, like
0: yeah. also like we're forgetting the fact that people have always gotten sick, and they're like a multitude of things that will affect our health and so many of our environmental and food factors like are determinants of like whether we'll experience this or we'll experience this, and then we we forget that because we're we're navigating this virus, but there's so many other things that we have to be paying attention to for our overall health and like. It's tough when you forget that because a lot of the the protocols and practices that we have now sometimes make us forget those other things that create that balance. I was like uh, disheartened to hear when I was in Wales, actually, when I when I first felt ill before I had to leave London, we were in Wales and we were we had a taxi driver and he was explaining to us that like the Wales hospitals would no longer take their cancer patients. And he he was driving all the cancer patients to london and like they had to to undergo like this like ridiculous four-hour commute there and then another four-hour commute back to do like aggressive like chemotherapy type stuff like because the hospitals would not accommodate them i just found that so flabbergasting i was like wow like we not only are we as the individuals like forgetting but also the healthcare system is not as equipped to deal with the things that we've been navigating now because it's like well there's this new thing so we have to like pivot and prioritize that and then it leaves people that have existing ailments or new ailments that are not that kind of like not a priority, you know, which was something that I even experienced when I was at the hospital, too. Mm. I would say not specific to COVID, but just like not being a priority. So it's just a lot of different things that I think we have to pay attention to. And in order to be happy and, and, and healthy and do the things that we love to do, we have to be an advocate for not only our own health, but like what our bodies want. And, you know, the things that we positively respond to so that, you know, we don't find ourselves in a position where we're relying on people that might not know your history to, to 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 help you or save you or figure you out. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, since we've uh, last encountered one another, uh, I, what I've lived in, I had lived in Ontario my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since uh, in January, you know, at the end of December, uh, basically early January of twenty uh, sorry, end of December 2019. We flew to Alberta, and we had uh, packed up our house in Guelph, and now we, my wife and I and my family live in Edmonton. Oh, wow. And so that, yeah, it's a big change. It's, uh, it's weird. And being in Alberta, as you might know if you follow the news, as we're speaking over the past few weeks, uh, it's very common to hear stories of Albertans being airlifted to Ontario for treatments uh, for COVID or, I think, other things. And people from Saskatchewan being flown to Ontario, mm. us having to get help from uh, medical teams from Newfoundland because this province made decisions that, to your point, made it ill-equipped to deal with this new thing, uh, which, as you mentioned, pushed people people with other things had to were kind of pushed to the side. Triage, they call it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think what you're talking about is is happening uh, across the country and. I think it's been a real shock to Westernized nations uh, and people in them. Well, for some of them, it's been a shock. For probably for people like I'm going to guess you and me, we probably could have seen this coming, just because we. I, I I think you and I and other people think critically and see things for what they are. But I think that's what's part of what the anger is right now. Is like people don't know who to be angry at when their own systems have let them down, so they're looking for whomever to blame or to doubt, you know, the information, like it's ridiculous. And uh, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I, I hear some of that coming through in what you're saying and a little bit in, in terms of this this release that we're going to talk about. So uh, I appreciate your thoughts on, uh, you know, as always, Havai, I appreciate your thoughts on everything. So thank you for sharing those. And uh, it's, it sounds like you're ostensibly, you're going to talk about this at some point in your life. But it sounds like you're kind of on the mend, and there's a treatment plan for you personally. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely on the mend. You know, it's it's interesting because you you know there's so many opinions that I have with regards to like what my treatment would have been like if I didn't advocate for myself. But I'm also in a mm-hmm. position where had I not gone to the hospital when I did, had they not made the determinants that they did, we don't I I don't know what position I would be in. So on one hand, I'm very very grateful for you know. Healthcare and the fact that I'm not in millions of dollars of debt to deal with this issue. But at the same time with COVID and then not even like even beyond COVID, like there's a lot of outdated practice. There's a lot of like unfair practice, you know, within the hospitals. Like I like I have doctors and nurses telling me, yeah, like it should, it's outdated or this has been difficult for us or we're trying our best for you. And there's a system that we can't get beyond that has nothing to do with COVID. And it's a, It's also affecting people's healthcare here. So it's like while we are equipped to deal with certain things, we're we're really equipped to deal with like acute care, and kind of like oh there's an issue like let's solve like this issue that you're having right now, but then we have like a really big problem when it comes to like why you have an issue or like how we can prevent that issue or like finding ways to like treat this issue that won't cause other issues and then on top of it now you have covid so it's a lot it's very conflicting you know all these emotions that i'm feeling but definitely on the mend definitely on treatment definitely like a good uh i don't know if prognosis is the word but like a good feeling towards feeling like i'll be back to who i am without any like long-term ailments which is yeah which is i'm lucky definitely i'm definitely lucky that I got to the hospital when I did, you know, I was in the UK and I cut a trip short. And interestingly enough, like just the week prior, I was talking about learning to say no, because I just, I like to say yes to a lot of things. I feel like I'm in a really lucky position to do what I do. And sometimes it's just like, how dare you (laughs) not make the time for this thing or this thing. But I was feeling overwhelmed and overworked before getting sick. It was probably the start of getting sick. And I remember saying like out loud to my team, like, I need to learn to say no. And saying no to like a couple of things was like, largely probably what saved me you know like Mm. if I had played that second show on that day that I was having that fever like it's just certain things could have really gone really really left really fast and so it's uh it's a lot to think about um but yeah it's something that I definitely like once I'm in the clear and once I'm like (laughs) not on treatment like I'm I I really want to open up and talk about this uh but I you know while I'm dealing with it I just kind of want to focus on eating well and you know making sure that Nothing regresses. Nothing goes backwards. You know, the prognosis, if that's the right word, keeps moving in the direction of positivity. So.
2: Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to medical stuff, we do have to strike a balance between thinking critically and, like you said, you advocated for yourself and and got the treatment you needed because of that. But I remember when my my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, they told Mm -hmm. us, and you know, unfortunately, the stage has escalated. Oh, I always try to preface this by saying. She's okay. Okay.
0: You know. Okay. <laughs> but, I was, but okay it,
2: yeah, I just sorry, I don't want to get too heavy without saying that first, but all I'll say is they told us about a six month timeline of uh things that were gonna happen. And they sounded bad, you know, surgeries, therapies, another surgery. And throughout that time, uh I was a wreck. Like I I've never been I've never I had to go to the hospital. Like I had wow. horrible anxiety and in what I learned, though, at the end of it is when I looked back on it was, oh, everything the doctor said was going to happen, happened. I mean, obviously, with cancer, things can go sideways. So I think I was right to be concerned the whole time. But I also probably didn't need to stress myself out so much that I ended up myself in the hospital right. uh, with with issues. So all I'm getting at there is, as a critical thinker, you do have, I think, a, a little bit of doubt when an authority figure tells you something. Uh, mm-hmm. whether it's a hospital administrator or a doctor, you wanna, you, you do want to advocate for yourself and your family. But I also think since the pandemic has started, we've seen the extreme uh, version of questioning science. And so yeah. all I, all I want to say before we leave this is, did you have that those sort of conflicts? Like, I don't think they're telling me the whole truth here, or did you learn to, once you kind of advocated for yourself, and we you know that was received as okay all right we get it you need this and we're going to help you once that happened however it did were you able to relax a little and trust the doctors in terms of what they were saying
0: yeah i mean i think in my case there were elements of it that were cut and dry we see this this is in your blood this is blah blah, blah like this is yeah. cut and dry but there was a lot there is actually a lot about my issue that is not cut and dry like Nobody knows why I got sick. Mm. There were terms that were used of like, you're just just unlucky. We don't understand why somebody that's so young is dealing with something like this. So it was difficult because in my case, there was, of course, there was some concern because they didn't have any answers. And I was discharged Mm. without those answers. I still don't have those answers. And Mm. that's something that, is I think an extension of advocating for myself. If I really want the answers, which I would call the why of an illness, it's going to be on me to determine what that is. They've given me some like insight to what they think it could be. They've given me information as to like how this could happen to someone. But in my Mm -hmm. case, it's very, very unlikely. And so what I have to determine is, well, what is the most likely whatever and like go like do my own kind of critical research. and, and, And I think that it's important to do that with your health with regards to anything if you have any concern with regards to anything like you know your body the best but like of course do research talk to doctors like take their insight but like don't eliminate how you feel and what you think also don't try to like determine things that like maybe you don't have the expertise to know but like for 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 a lot of us it's us who have to determine because if i don't know why and we only know the what what they've treated is the what you know by this time in December, you should be okay and off treatment okay, but like we if we don't know the why like how like mm. I could just end right back where I am right now in a potentially fatal position, and that's that's disheartening for me to hear that I'm being discharged, and you don't know, but at the end of the day, the why sometimes could be like ten, fifteen twenty years of like what your life's history was they're not taking the time to do that like yeah. in and out in and out, and like what you realize when you're in that situation i'm sure like i'm so glad that your mother is okay but with you know with what you're dealing with sometimes you have to think about like well how did how could i have gotten exposed to this like ne- not they won't necessarily say well this is how you got cancer they can't tell you necessarily this is how you got it but like maybe if you take the time to like okay break down like the like these are the risk factors these are the things i've done over the last 10 to 15 years this is the likelihood of like sometimes that's just that's on you to do mm. um and so in my case uh, Yeah, like I would say like what they were clear about they were clear about and the doctors were kind of able to give me Like here's why we know and here's what we need to test and here's what we want to make sure it's not an adverse effect And here would be long-term issue And so that's why we're doing this procedure to make sure that this blood vessel blah 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 blah, like that sort of stuff mm-hmm. I felt pretty clear on that. They were very clear on that But then there was a there's a large aspect of this which is like why are you even dealing with this that even they don't know? And it's another reminder as well that doctors don't necessarily know everything. They can give you, like, risk factors and they can tell you, like, maybe it was this and maybe it was this. But, like, maybe I'll never know or maybe I'll do the research and I'll find the answer myself. But, again, that is still the advocacy for self that is so required. And, like, I think we live in a time right now where, like, where there's a lot of divide between opinions of, like, oh, you're not a scientist. You can't advocate for your – like you or you don't necessarily know enough to advocate for yourself and while that may be true, like, I just think it's it's very important that, like, regardless of whatever issue that we're dealing with, like, we, we do still need to pay attention to, like, how did I feel last week? What did I eat? What did I – you know what I mean? Like, that, like, we cannot lose sight of that because I've seen and heard a lot of issues where people have gone to the hospital and because they were not equipped to advocate for themselves or they didn't have a family member to do so or whatever, like, it cost them their life. And it was maybe – simply delays testing delays. And it's like, well with all these delays now, it's like now things have progressed. Like in my case, I had to advocate for like, we're not going to continue to delay these tests because somebody is more important because you're still telling me that these are life threatening things. And if I don't get these tests, I I might end up in a position where now I'm actually the person that, that is the emergency. Like we're not going to wait until that. And so like, I really kind of had to put my foot down and like, Kind of like take some steps that increase my treatment quality mm-hmm. overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, if I hadn't said anything, if I hadn't you know contacted anybody, my test might have still been delayed, and who knows what position I would be in. And so, it's even just from that perspective. Like, if you think something is important, like voice it. If you're if you have a concern, say it out loud. Like, sometimes even in this big system, uh, this big medical system, like we don't feel like we're equipped because we're not doctors, because we're not scientists to say anything or to, like, voice anything because it's like, well, what if the doctor's like, well, I'm the doctor, you're not the doctor, what do you know? But it's like, well, I know what my body feels like and I'm the person who's advocating for for myself so I'm going to tell you what I think it is and then you can do all the tests and tell me I'm wrong. That's fine, but, yeah. you know, so, yeah, like, it's something I could go on and on and on and on about but, you know, I want to do it in a <laughs> kind of a more, like, what would I like to, what would I like to convey sort of way when I do, when I talk about yeah. it. Right now, my thoughts are kind of all over the place and that's kind of why I'm, not talking about it yet because it's just like a bunch of ideas, a bunch of unrefined well, I, ideas, you know. <laughs> but yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I appreciate all the candor you've exhibited here. So don't, I appreciate it. And I, I and I will say one thing that I, it might be a quick thing, but it could lead to just your reaction. I don't know where it could lead, but I'll say it and I'll I'll try to put it succinctly because. It's fascinating to me that when we get sick, when you got sick, or when my mother got sick, we immediately tried to go to why it might have happened. And my mother worked in a, a medical lab uh, for her entire career, chemistry and whatnot, you know, uh, she was a chemist. And so right. y- your mind starts to go to that. But then I also think we tend to look and quasi blame ourselves when the inexplicable happens to our bodies, when the truth is the why could, and I'm not trying to be doom and gloom about this, the why could be everything, the environment, yep, generally. Like when people talk about climate change, they think, oh, floods, rain, snow, extreme temperatures, but that's not the only issue. When people talk about the foods we eat, like mm. I was, as you, you and I are speaking, we're very close to Halloween having just happened and I had this thought, like, these portions, you know how you kind of make fun of Halloween candy portions a little bit? You're like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, my kids went out, and they brought back, uh, we're here in Edmonton now, everything's bigger. Everything's bigger <laughs> oh, than really? Guelph. Well, you get, they got five, six, seven full-sized candy bars. People at various houses just full Coffee Crisp, full whatever. <laughs> my daughter got a can of Pepsi. Like a full 355-milliliter can of Pepsi. And I was like, first that's of all, wild. that's heavy. And, and thankfully, she didn't open it as soon as she got home because it would have exploded from all the jostling around in the <laughs> treat bag, you know, just being shaken. But anyway, my point is like the sugar, the sodium. Yep. I bought some uh, brioche bread for my family the other day, and my son was like, Papa, this is good, but don't buy this again. It's too it's too much. I'm like, what do you mean? I look at the ingredients Two slices of this bread had 18% of your recommended daily sodium intake. Two slices. Wow. So all, all I'm getting at, when you say the why, it is people tend to look at themselves and their behavior, and sometimes I think that's because there's a certain blame game aspect to smoking, drinking, you know, vices. You know, of course you're going to get sick. You did this to your body. But what I'm trying to get at, and I don't know if this makes you feel better at all because it is a little doom and gloomy, what we're learning is it can ha- anything can happen to anyone and it's a, a, often the result of our collective behavior, you know, yeah, the way 100%. we the way we just accepted, OK, I'm going to buy. And I did this the other day. I'm going to buy the sugar cereal. I'm going to buy the big candy bar. I'm going to have a soda can soda pop, you know, like we do this to ourselves. But it's also been kind of I'll tell you when my mother was ill that I read this book called Radical Remission and it changed my whole life because it was just case studies after case studies of people uh, fighting terminal diagnoses by just completely altering the way they consume like uh, consume foods like cutting sugar and dairy out and uh, just like when they're sad just watching comedies not dwelling on the negative they have these remarkable remission stories because of this and you realize like we have a lot more control over ourselves uh, and how we consume things literally like what we put in our body but also what we buy and that's gonna potentially impact the whole world sorry this was a rant, and I'm sorry, Hawaii, but I just feel like it was germane to the conversation. So I just want to say, don't blame yourself. I hope you don't blame yourself. It doesn't sound like you do. Uh, and I, I, I have full faith that you're going to overcome this. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I hope that's the case. So thank you for listening to my TED Talk. I, <laughs> I hope it was
0: helpful. I, I, I just want to say in regards to your TED Talk that I like I I thoroughly agree. Like I thoroughly agree. And I think what's <laughs> difficult, it's a difficult pill for us to swallow that sometimes the ailments that we that we suffer from are are our own habits behaviors or environment that we were kind of not paying attention to over years and years and years and like radical remission i wrote that down i definitely want to look into that i was do- i was watching all the ted talks in the hospital trying to stay positive trying to understand yeah like what could this be what could that be or like just unrelated health things of like how to eat better how to like restore like your gut flora and your your your, your microfiber biome and like these sorts of things yeah and yeah. what i realized is that yeah we we intake a lot of lethal lethal things like over yeah. years and years and years and then of course it's it's it could magnify in a million different ways um, yeah. All these different ailments that we have sometimes is just the things that we have such easy access to that is just so terrible for us. And then on top absolutely. of it, if yeah. we knew that, would we make different decisions? Some people would. Some people just absolutely wouldn't. And like yeah. it, it it creates this thing of like wanting to care for yourself a lot more. But like also realizing that you can't tell everybody like to care for themselves more, like looking at people's grocery store like options and being like oh my gosh they shouldn't be buying that much meat or oh my gosh they shouldn't be buying that that's so much sugar i want to say something and then realizing this is your own journey you can't <laughs> you can't
2: yeah i know I you know, know.
0: but yeah. it's it's i yeah i think more than ever like you know I'm, i want to follow all the kind of like health nut tiktok pages and like just like really pay attention <laughs> to the the people that are kind of saying the things like i I'm, i've been a vegetarian my whole life and I'm not healthy. Yeah. Like, I'm not a healthy vegetarian. It's very easy to be an unhealthy vegetarian. And yeah. I'm like, I'm that person. And, like, just a side note, like, I was, like, d- determined that I was pre-diabetic during this day, which had nothing to do with th- what I was dealing with, right? So I was like, on top of everything, mm-hmm. you eat too much sugar, which I could have, I should have known, or pre-diabetic, I guess you could say. And so it's just, like... In addition to like what you're dealing with, like you're just overall like not making good decisions like you need to change like you think this. Well, when you
2: when you judge someone's grocery cart, which we probably all do a little bit, what I think you're also thinking to yourself is "I, I I don't judge this person. I wish the thing that they had access to wasn't on the market. Like that's kind of where yes. my mind goes. Like yeah. the thing that they're buying, they may not know it's bad for them or they might not care. But that's fine. Like whatever, you're right. Everyone's journey is their own. But the evil part is it's even available. And when yeah. you read yeah. about when you read about cancer cells feeding off sugar the most, and that's what sustains them. And sorry, this is stuff I read in that book. Then you start to be like, well, fuck, the sugar in everything. There's salt in everything. So, like, literally, like, you can't get away from it. Like, you wouldn't think a piece of toast, even dry toast, you'd be like, ah, you know, I'm not putting anything on this, it's not that rich. Then you look at the thing, you're like, jeez, like, what the hell? This (laughs) is just supposed to be a piece of, it's a processed piece of bread, so you kind of know that, but you're also like, I didn't realize it was this processed, you know what I mean? Anyway, sorry. No, of course, because Brio's bread is supposed to be healthy. At least I yes. thought. <laughs> well, it's rich. It's it looks like when you the one I bought when you when you you know take a slice out, it looks like it's already buttered. It's like got a oh. yellow glint to it. Anyway, listen, I, I I hope this was a helpful and fruitful conversation. That's the other kicker, by the way. I love fruit, lots of sugar and fruit. Like right. if you can't hardly you can't hardly win the things yep. they told us to eat. Your parents, my parents, were like, have a glass of milk. You know, I eat a banana every day. And it's probably not the best thing for me, even even though there's lots of great things in it. I don't know. I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor. I've been to them and I do my best. I'm not, but anyway, we can talk about this more if you want at some point, uh, maybe offline, so to speak. But <laughs> yeah, <for> um, sure. <laughs> I want to be respectful of your time and this release. And and I just, again, I just want to say, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you and I'm happy you're able to uh, speak to what's going on uh, in some way, and I wish you the best. I just want to say that. Um, but I want to... You know, you're welcome. I want to get into Stock Exchange. Uh, another wonderful thing. Now, for some people who uh, know hip-hop culture and know music consumption, they know the distinction between a mixtape and an album, uh, I think. But from your perspective, because from what I've read, Stock Exchange is being presented as a mixtape, uh, but it feels... It's 12 songs. It feels pretty album me to me what is the distinction for you between a mixtape and an album in terms of stock exchange
0: yeah in the hip-hop world i think like the distinction between a mixtape and an album at one time was like the number of tracks but like now we see that more with ep versus album like an extended press like five to seven songs versus like an album which is more than that um Mm -hmm. In hip hop and I would say in my case as well I think the difference between a mixtape and an album Is the intention behind the body of work When I started to create Stock Exchange it wasn't Stock Exchange And it wasn't a project, it was singles And I just wanted to put out individual songs To make sure people are still Connecting in a time where we were losing Our human connection And also just show, like showcase to myself I can make, I can, like Outside of a project I can make great music Song by song by song And these songs can live On their own as individual pieces of art, and people can people will really appreciate that um, because they'll be good. And that was the intention behind it. And the only reason it became a project was because the anti theme of the project, which was writing songs that like have nothing to do with each other and are not thematically connected, I started to feel like there was a theme between each song being released and 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 how I was perceiving myself as well as the asset like after release so post-release, like the same emotion I would, I would experience every month. Every month I was releasing a song and every month after releasing the song, two, two, two weeks after releasing the song, I would feel either validated or defeated based on like the amount of comments, the amount of engagement, the amount of streams and likes and shares and all these different like digital stats and analytics that like don't define you based on your art or you as a person. But I found that with each release, because of the way things were changing all of the validation came from like basically online people that have never met you or people that maybe met you before. Like you weren't able to perform these records in front of people to have them connect with it in a different way. Um, And it was like, it was damaging to it was damaging, but like also like enlightening because I had to, I had to learn that I was feeling these damaging emotions towards self and feeling like I'm only as good as the thing I have put out in order to differentiate, oh, the value of myself is not tied to the last thing that I've put out. And that's why Stock Exchange, the title, uh, felt like such a parallel with with what it was that I was experiencing because it was interesting as well in a time of Clubhouse and all these, you know, cryptocurrency and everybody talking about, you know, kind of like different ways to like manage your money. Like just the stock market was something that I was thinking about. And the parallel for me between like the records I was putting out and the value of each song and what the stock exchange represents is kind of like a perceived value based on people's investment in something, in a stock, in a bond, in an asset. And I, I felt like every song I put out almost felt like a stock I was putting out that then was valued this high or this low based on how many streams and how many comments and and, and, and basically all of these digital things that represent a lot of what your value is on a business platform or a public facing entity but represents nothing at all about what your value is as a human and it was really interesting toggling that line you know i was maybe four or five releases deep before i started to recognize this parallel emotion that i kept feeling and feeling like wow that is the theme amongst these records it's not, the theme, it's not the song idea or the topic like 13th Floor was. And that's why that was an album to me, because I went into that process with a different intention. And um, collectively, those songs had like kind of the same intention. But with these records, it initially had no intention other than I make bangers, I want, I want to prove myself, and I want to make people still be able to dance and, and have a good time and not think about the negative things, as we talked mm. about not too long ago, like not staying in a negative mindset. Mindset, but pulling yourself out of that you know and music is is, is is something that you can do that with, but that parallel became very apparent to me with each release, and you know that hasn 't left even as i 'm putting out the eleventh and, and, and on November twelfth putting out the final song and putting out the, the project itself that feeling hasn 't left each thing that you put out, even when it 's not a song and it 's like a piece of content you created for an entity or a piece of content you created for your own platform like how well it does really becomes or consumes you and becomes like almost a part of like how you see yourself for the next two or three days. And yeah. it's really interesting how important those stats and that data is, but like also how not important it is. And learning how to toggle that line of it's important in this facet of my life but it does it means nothing in this facet of my life. And that was really what I had to learn through this process of creating this music. And so stock exchange, a lot of these topics you'll see like a self validation, self worth, really like championing self, bragging about self, like a lot of these emotions where 13th floor was kind of talking about things that are disheartening and kind of overcoming that in order to be able to champion self. Now stock exchange is talking about actually doing that. And that was what I learned to do over the last two years. The most is really value myself and not allow like something I've created to validate me or also not allow like digital outer perception to be validating of self i'm not on the stock exchange i'm not on the stock market like i'm a person uh but when you're a person that's a musician that's marketing yourself you become a commodity as well Mm. and so it's really important to like learn to kind of toggle that line to like retain your mental health and like even with kind of like the health thing that i was going through it was really difficult for me to like remember like you know you're you're still a commodity that's valued, but like you're also like you could die if you don't value self and completely- di- like differentiate yourself from those thoughts and I think I was better at doing that in October because of the last two years of learning and processing and 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 valuing self from different places from more concrete places than the fleeting opinions of people through the internet who do or don't like your song you know so that's kind of what stock exchange came out of that's how it existed and I call it a mixtape because of just the original intention it was never intended to be an album mm-hmm. uh, the resources behind it it was never we were never plotting to prepare an album and so it's it's really a collection of songs that mean something and that to me is what a mixtape is it's just a collection of songs that that kind of mean something and an album can be that too but for me it, it I don't classify it an album because of what the original thought process was going into mm-hmm. it It's weird. A mixtape can be whatever you want it to be these days. It seems.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate that explanation. And I appreciate the independence that you assert on uh, many of these songs. From I think it's like there's songs like uh, uh, "Antisocial," "Good on My Own Tonight," "Could Have Been You." These sorts of songs. There's others as well, but they they do kind of assert oneself over over others and their opinions. And I appreciate that. You also alluded to humanity, finding the humanity in all of these digital metrics and whatnot. And it's interesting because I had um, something occur to me over the weekend uh, where I was thinking about how when I was a kid and if someone uh, called me and left a message uh, and I returned it, if I return the phone call, that was a, a kind of acknowledgement that everything we we want. I wanted to have them in my life or vice versa, you know. Right. And these days, I wonder what the parallel I was thinking about the parallel because say uh, two people uh, follow each other on social media. Right. And they both like one person follows one and then you follow the other. And then at some point you discover, uh, oh, they unfollowed me, you know, or whatever. Or they 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 don't uh, subscribe to my newsletter or whatever the the thing is and you're like oh well clearly they don't want to engage anymore I should probably disengage from them yeah and at one point that felt kind of spiteful but now I'm like maybe it's the respectful thing to do because in the old days you would like I said that you would just stop calling each other and then it would be understood (laughs) that there was some some severance in the relationship and now you don't get that because people don't say I'm unfollowing you because of this they just do it and you never know so you, you have this know. unspoken, you have this unspoken tension that creates all this emotional turmoil, anger, disappointment, sadness, uh, acceptance. You know all these things. And anyway, I'm just trying to navigate what you're saying about people's stock and their status and how they feel about themselves in this very public-oriented sphere we're all in all the time. Where you thought someone was cool with you, and then for you never may never know why they're not anymore. And I wonder if that does that ever occur to you like this the weirdness of of being friends with people these days?
0: Yeah, definitely. Like I one of my the first music video I put out out of this collection of songs was called Obia, which kind of speaks to like literally that theme of specifically like having a friend and then like something changing and you not knowing what that was and then all of a sudden that person being kind of like spiteful towards you. Or at least you feel that emotion and you feel that energy. Your intuition is telling you something is off, and I felt that more recently than I've ever felt in my life. Maybe I'm more intuitive now than I was then, but also it's. I think one thing that's important to recognize is that people live within their own SHIT. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but people live.
2: You you can you can swear. It's fine. Okay. I have so, I've cussed at least twice.
0: Okay, I missed that.
2: <laughs> Look at me self policing. Well,
0: uh, yeah, people live in their own shit, right? And yeah, yeah. a lot of times people can't get out of their own head long enough to know why it is that they're behaving the way that they are towards you. And like one of the biggest things that I think threatens people is being a critical thinker, as we discussed, both of us are, but all, like also thinking outside of the box or being kind of strong enough to like set a plan into action. It's difficult because sometimes the trauma that you've grown up with or the experiences you've had are preventative measures and it make it more difficult for some people based on different things or they don't have the resources or they have a strange family so the mental health is affected or whatever like there's so many things that could make that more difficult for some but what happens is you get this reaction to like somebody that's doing well where either it's like wow like this means i could also do well and i want to see this person keep going or like wow why does this person have the things that they have like i work hard as well and like i also make music or i contribute as well like why am i not where that person is and sometimes it has nothing to do with you as an individual and everything to do with the fact that that person isn't happy with what they they have or have not achieved and then that oftentimes i find is the biggest projection for like why someone has to disconnect with you. Sometimes it's like you said something on your Instagram story and they just didn't agree with it and it was like politically charged and they unfollowed you because they're like, I don't agree with that. And like, you may never know that that was the reason why, but like that was the reason why. But a lot of times, I think what we have to be worried about is when it comes to like people who are unable to see that they're carrying like maybe a sense of envy. Like jealousy and envy to me are also two very different things, right? Like jealousy is like, wow, that person's achieved a lot. I wish I could, you know, I wish I could maybe yeah. do that too. Envy is like, that person is doing so much and, you know, I wish that they didn't have that and, in fact, I should be the person that, like, they're, 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 they're kind of different things, right? And so where jealousy is kind of a, norm, a normal emotion and you can learn to, like, recognize, okay, like, that person might feel that, but, like, I, I get that. Like, maybe I'd feel that if the roles were reversed. Envy is, like, a dangerous emotion and, like, something that I, I if, if somebody is, like, I envy you. Like I want nothing to I want I want nothing to really do with you. I don't want to be yeah. around you because I'm scared of what that would implicate with how you perceive me or what energy you carry. And I think energy is is a very real thing. So like even it just carrying the energy of not wanting me to have the things I'm achieving and then us hanging out three times a week, that could transfer to me actually losing some of the things I'm achieving. And I, I genuinely believe that. So, you know, it's 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 tough, right? Because With what you're doing, like there's some people that like see what you're doing and it fuels them and it pumps them up and it actually makes them think, hey, I can do something, too. And then you get like the very kind of visceral opposite of that. And sometimes the people that feel that opposition are your friends or could also be family. In my case, you know, I have a very I'm very close with my family, but I know many people who have family members who exhibit these same behaviors and they have to be weary of that. And that's one of the most scary places to be is someone that really should be championing you not wanting you to have what you have it's even worse than like some stranger who owes you nothing right or even a friend who owes you a little bit less than you would think your mom or your dad or your cousin
2: well would. if if it's yeah if you're if it's someone you've actually engaged with on a human level over time it's more frustrating when you don't i'm all about closure and addressing things so when you don't get that it's uh hard but that seems to be the norm these days of just accepting and moving on and Uh, Maybe not because I often know I do know that when there has been uh, a simmering tension, it just takes a couple of conversations to iron it out. Uh, But we don't often do that anymore. You just are kind of I don't know if everyone's doing that anymore. You kind of move on and just accept never knowing, you know, why people think one thing or another. So anyway, I know you I feel like you think about such things with people you interact with. I hear it. Sometimes in your music, you seem to be addressing people in a way that suggests they have those feelings towards you, giving you side eye. You know, you won the Polaris Music Prize, I'm sure. By the way, I haven't congratulated you on that. Congratulations. <laughs> thank uh, you. Thank you. It's been a couple of years. I think I texted you at the time, but I haven't talked to you about it. So congratulations. But yeah, when you, achieve the, when you achieve the level of success that, that an artist like you has already there's going to be people happy for you, but you probably also and there's probably a small part of you, whether it was a teacher in grade one or someone you worked with who doubted you. There's probably a little little feeling of like, ha, told you, told you I knew what I was doing. You know, like I, I know there's like we're complicated and mm-hmm. and uh and empathetic and and, <laughs> and also spiteful people sometimes. And it's a mix of things. You know, you don't want to be negative but you just you're like ha you're asserting yourself and you're trying to feel good about yourself and doubters uh putting doubters in check is
0: kind of fun isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is but it's, it's what you say right we're, we're, we're complex and we experience so many emotions like someone could be happy for you but envious of you at the same time as well and like yeah. i guess one kind of negates the other but like they could genuinely believe yo, know i i i am happy for that person but then like inside internally like there's certain things that they can't control that they feel because we're so complex and sometimes like there's things that are brought to the surface that we don't know we would feel by somebody's success or non-success as well so it's definitely something I think about you know I definitely you know there definitely is always that emotion of proving yourself and you know not believing the naysayers in your past or the people that believed you couldn't be what it is you're becoming or what it is you're achieving but yeah, I think one of the scariest things is trusting people uh, because you do have a rapport with them and, and feeling like you're on the same page with wanting each other the best for each other and maybe not realizing that the other person is not at all where you think they are. That's kind of like the scariest emotion because we do have to navigate uh, so many emotions. And when, and you're right, like when it, when it comes to someone that I barely know or someone I met in like I don't really care enough to pry and ask you, well, why did you unfollow me? I'm just going to follow you back. Like we like, and, and move forward just like you said, yeah. but where yeah. that closure is, I, I feel I drastically needed or, would really seek it or it would kind of like kind of settle in and bother me is where you would expect something different from somebody. Like where you actually have yeah. an expectation of that person based on the the relationship that you have. It's even, I, you feel it with anything. I was feeling it in the hospital. I was surprised at the people that were reaching out to me and the people that weren't. You know, like everything could make you almost like rethink what is my relationship with this person and like. Again, your circumstances could change how valuable you are to somebody else too. Somebody like yeah. might start texting you more because you're doing well and then when you're not, it's like, well, I'm not really invested anymore and so again, we're complex. We're so complex, but you know, I do talk about those themes a lot on the project. Really also bragging a little bit more. You know, I think sometimes yeah. I've been worried about feeling like I can kind of champion the things I've achieved or my successes. Um, and I've kind of overcome that a little bit with the stock exchange project because it's like You have to be able to be happy for yourself, even if it evokes negative emotions in other people. Like, you can't be concerned about that because you have to celebrate yourself. And so a lot of these Mm -hmm. records that, you know, like, Good On My Own Tonight, I celebrate, like, you know, achieving a certain financial income that, like, I couldn't fathom growing up. Never thought, never thought. And it's like, it's okay to say that. It's okay to say you want to buy nice things just because somebody else might spend their money in a different way who cares like and I, I, that's one thing yeah. that i'm learning to get over through this 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 project and this this kind of these songs that i've been creating is like not caring what other people think as much you know i care so yeah. much yeah. about other people's opinions about every little thing like and that i think takes a lot away from kind of me being the true expressive self that i could be because there's always something that someone won't agree with and if they unfollow you it just is what it is. Like you can't care about that. And I'm learning every day to be better with not caring about that.
2: Yeah. I meditated on it over the weekend and I'm like, you know what? And I'm not saying this is a nihilist, but it doesn't matter. Like nothing really matters on that level. It's just part of life. And, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately friendships and relationships come and go. Yeah. And you, you try to hang on to the ones that mean the most to you. And, uh, and usually you can, but it is difficult. I, I agree. Um, I alluded to the fact that you won the Players Music Prize. I didn't really cite the the record. The record was Thirteenth Floor, which uh, came out in twenty nineteen. Right? It's been a couple of years. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. May of twenty nineteen. Right. I, I know. I I know this. I just wanted to say it to make sure. I'm fact checking <laughs> on the fly. One one question I wondered about in a general sense is uh, evolution for you artistically between that release, which uh, again, lauded across this country and around the world as uh, a, a real artistic achievement. This is, uh, I, I guess I'm wondering about uh, your relationship to the production on uh, Stock Exchange. You have many more guests on this release, as, as you might on a mixtape, than you did on 13th Floor, which was, was an album or designated as such. Also uh, a number of guests. But anyway, my question is, from your own perception, and if you can be objective... Cause I hear it in some of the rapping. I hear you upping your game uh, as an MC, but can you speak to the production and also other ways you feel like you've evolved and uh, in, in a positive way with Stock Exchange compared to Thirteenth Floor?
0: Yeah, I mean, like Thirteenth Floor was a good project. It was a very good project. I'm very proud of it. And as a body of work and with what it represents, like it's it's really powerful. Stock Exchange, of course, is more of a mixtape. It's not meant to have the same type of impact. That said, it does have uh, a very, like, kind of cultural impact in terms of, like, what we're going through right now. And I hope people will kind of remember that. But I think the biggest step up... And I can't say this for, like, every single song because there are some really well-written songs on 13th Floor. But the biggest step up for me, I think, was songwriting. I think my songwriting overall has gotten stronger and like maybe that's just to myself I don't know if the audience perceives it the same way but I think that my ability to uh, tell a story has grown more vast and more relatable and more in tune with self as well in terms of production I just did a lot more like I was the executive producer of of Stock Exchange whereas with 13th Floor like uh, Tool Man of The Hallucination now The Hallucination they were A Tribe Called Red Mm-hmm. was co-executive producer of uh, 13th floor so i ha- i had a little bit more of like direction and input and what was lacking with Stock exchange was like real world connection which is why i you know i did a lot of collaborations because i wanted to still feel that form of connection that sense of connection but also like i was i was the overseer of the record and didn't really have the input and so it was more of a challenge in terms of kind of like creating it but i think it was more rewarding for myself to be able to do it With less input and and whether that translates outwardly or not, I I don't expect Stock Exchange to compete with my previous works. It's something very different. But what I think the biggest improvement overall was, was not only my own production, because uh, I I co-produced more of the records. I was more involved in each song and and, uh, kind of the curation of each song. I recorded my own vocals, which which I did on both projects. But I was just more of the overseer of everything and kind of proving to myself that I have the ability going forward to kind of have this involvement in in future albums that I do to push myself beyond when it comes to songwriting and get better at telling a story that people can can understand from top to bottom and also just growing thematically. I think that's one thing that I, I did with Stock Exchange and hope to do beyond Stock Exchange is talk about things that are more vast and more expansive than being a black female from Canada, you know, and and of course a 13th floor is not that alone, but that was kind of one kind of thematic umbrella and stock exchange is is, is more than that. And what I really hope is to follow up stock exchange with, with an album and to go into it with that intention and to kind of have something that lives like a 13th floor, but showcases growth in a way that, people can't fathom right now on this day yeah and not even myself that is the hope you know but like for for me i think stock exchange is just kind of like monumental growth but also like small growth like growth that you may only notice five years from now looking back or maybe you'll never recognize it as such but i know for me going into the process of creating these records my involvement in these records and kind of like being the decision maker was really challenging for me but like showcased my abilities to myself and validating me to myself, which, again, is a, is a theme for a lot of the, uh, the actual topics on some of these songs mm. is knowing that I'm good enough to to do these things and not do these things because I don't need anybody else and I want to make all the profits. It's like that was the resources we had at the time. And so having a studio in my house was like my studio. There was no studio access. There was no, (laughs) you know, collaboration other than Zoom sessions. There was none of that. And so to be able to still create something that feels like what Stock Exchange feels like in such a difficult time was also an incredible challenge. I didn't have the access to have a co-executive producer the way I did with 13th Floor or to have meetings like in person or or. Sessions where I meet with a producer and we kind of go through a bunch of records in person. Like we didn't have that freedom, we didn't have those options, and still a strong record was able to to have come out of kind of a restrictive time. You know, for me, I think that that was really challenging and really kind of self-validating, and I I was able to prove to myself, yes, you can have more involvement in your future projects, and it's the music won't be worse for it. So that's kind of you know you know something I've been thinking
2: about. it's it sounds like you've learned a lot about yourself. Do you feel like you've revealed more about yourself on some of these songs? I think of could have been you and I feel like I learned some things about you in that song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a personal level that maybe I didn't know before or wasn't paying enough attention to. Are there aspects of your life that you feel like you've been a bit more revelatory about on on this mixtape?
0: Yeah, you know, definitely I'd say could have been you is probably one of It's like the only record that kind of like speaks to my sexuality in a way that no other record I've done have ever has. And mm-hmm. it doesn't do it in a very direct way. That is something that I hope to, to, to divulge more, you know, as I discover myself more on the next project. And I think the next, the next project is going to be a lot of self discovery. Like this last experience of, of the health concern as well as also very eye opening for me. And, I think a lot of that stuff is going to make its way onto the next project. But, like, Stock Exchange is me still discovering these things. And so another reason why this is a mixtape and not an album is because it is, it's kind of an interim, right? Like, it's, I'm actively learning things about myself and then, like, I'm writing about them. But I'm also, like, still within that process. I'm not looking back in hindsight and recognizing the lesson that I've learned. Like, I'm learning the lesson now. And so stock exchange is kind of like a, it's like it's a it's a current experience it's what what we're dealing with or what i'm dealing with right now and like emotions i'm processing right now and so like could have been you for example uh blends like a combination of like kind of like validating self and not allowing certain people's energies to disrupt your own i do think that that's a downfall of so many of us it's just having the wrong people around us but then on top of that also talking about you know from the perspective of what my sexuality is, and I'm sure people have a lot of questions about that. I have a lot of questions about that. But um, talking about my experiences in that way is something that I've never done, um, something that I was too scared to do for for a long time. And um, I think I, I've come to a place where I'm starting to process myself and I'm okay with what it is that I'm processing or what it is that I'm coming to understand. And um, mm. so I do hope like the, the 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 new music that I make post this will be really kind of like... One, I had a conversation with one of my friends, and she was like, "She's my best friend. She's my DJ, actually." And she was just saying, like, uh, "Like the way that I know you, like people just don't know you, and mm. you can choose to open up about who you, who you are or not." But sometimes you talk about this disconnect. You feel like people don't fully connect with you or get you. That's one of the complaints I have. <laughs> like, I feel like people don't understand, and I'm like educating them. But on top of that, it's like you also aren't necessarily opening up about versions of yourself and maybe you're not comfortable enough, maybe you don't want to, but a part of them not getting you is also you like maybe not fully getting yourself or not allowing yourself to process these aspects of yourself that people could connect with. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I really sat with because I would talk about a lot of these things, a lot of these topics, a lot of these themes that were like separate from self or like bigger topic, bigger like picture ideas, but they weren't so much like me. You know, yeah. and yeah. It, it was uh, something that Stock Exchange, I started to kind of break down those walls and those barriers so people could understand me a little bit better. But I would say it's just the start of that. I hope the next thing that I do will really kind of like dive in, but people definitely have to wait for that because I'm still figuring out, I'm still diving myself. I can't swim yet. But you know, it, it, it's, it's really cool to, to, to have this journey and to build up the strength first To like deal with all these people's energies and people's opinions and then open up about and discover who I am. Because doing it backwards is what a lot of these musicians do, or a lot of like public facing entities do, is they like discover themselves while kind of like expressing who they are. And then they, they make mistakes because they don't they're still learning, and then people judge them or you know, just get too involved, and then that people's opinions start to like determine well, am I really this or am I really, that? and it just becomes this like clusterfuck of like too many people's opinions. I feel like I've kind of had the luxury of learning who I am and really discovering that in solitude because we were all stuck inside for two years. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've like all these emotions that I was like, mm, I can't really think about that because I'm playing this show or I can't really think about that because I'm doing this gig. I was forced to think about a lot of these things because it was like, well, now there's no gigs and there's no, you know, and just sit at home and just like wait. And it's like, okay, well, while I'm waiting and twiddling my thumbs, like, well, what do I actually like to eat? And who do I actually want to date? And what do I actually – like, all of these things, I actually had the time to think about it without outer opinion. And so, like, now I'm, I'm, of course, like an outward-spoken, like, you know, share my experiences type of individual. And that's the career path I've chosen. So, you know, if that changes, it sucks for me because (laughs) – this is the career path i've chosen and there is a bit of an expectation for that but i that's kind of who i am and how i am and to feel like i don't have to to recognize that i was not like coming to terms with certain versions of myself and then also to feel like i can do that publicly is uh really again it's really self-validating and it's uh, that expressiveness that i've been having it just is has the opportunity to expand so much more so you yeah. know i'm really looking forward to Doing that through the music more. You know, there's certain things that when it comes to a health scare, like I'll do an IGTV or I'll video a video and I'll talk about that. I'm not going to talk about, you know, so I was admitted. And then like, I'm not going to write a song about that experience. But the emotions that I'll get from that experience will work its way into many songs. And the emotions I get from the experience of self-discovery will also work its way into many songs. and, and, And nobody is more excited than me for what could come next because I know that I can't fathom what it will be like I know that I don't know right now what it could be because I'm still like in the current of self-discovery and I'm and and things are still happening to me that are changing what that means to me every day. So, mm. it's just mm. a it's an exciting place to be. It's nerve-wracking for sure to be kind of a public entity and deal with these things. But I also think I've kind of built a little bit of a callus of caring so much what people think over the last few years as well, which will hopefully assist me in kind of sharing these things and just only allowing in the energy that is good to kind of transcend
2: yeah well i mean that was beautifully said and for what it's worth i find personally i find your candor your fearlessness your talent like it's very you're a very inspiring person for me so i know i'm not alone so so thank you for for sharing all of this and this new record a new mixtape i should say is fantastic. Uh, you alluded to the fact that you hope to make a, an album. You've alluded to the fact that you've got your own health uh, issues to sort out before, I assume, touring and whatnot can can continue. Uh, yeah. So I th- unless I th- we've got future plans kind of covered with that information, is there anything else
0: to report? Yeah, I mean, like, the biggest thing is the, the show I wanted to have on November 12th, we were all set and geared to go. That was going to be the release party for Stock Exchange that has been rescheduled because I know even by the 12th I won't be in a position to give the show that needs to be given to, to the people but uh definitely having a postponement date soon is uh, optimal uh, okay. is an optimal goal for me so like staying on top of my social media to see when that is I'll be promoting the shit out of it when that happens anyway <laughs> so hopefully people won't be able to avoid the rescheduled date but other than that stock exchange is still coming out November the 12th I will be putting out the final record uh, the final uh, the final song off of the record uh, on that day as well. I have some initiatives that I'm excited to launch that I think will be things I can focus on after uh, Stock Exchange comes out, which will hopefully be assisting people for the holidays, but also like kind of like, it's something I've been thinking about for a while uh, in terms of just like giving back. So that's an initiative I want to roll out that will, won't require me to be too physical. And, and uh, I'm excited mm-hmm. to kind of... Uh, tap into other communities outside of specifically just musicians and um, do it in a way where hopefully I can be of assistance. And uh, on top of that, we're also looking to do some giveaways just as an artist, looking to help people stay engaged. Uh, I'm writing new music. I'm staying really active even in my inactivity. And um, I'm excited to say that uh, I think 2022 is going to be, I think it's going to be incredible. I think that there's just so much that I took from this year in the last two years, but, but 2021 was, it was a tough one and it was, uh, really mentally shifting, uh, and expansive. And, um, I think that there's a lot that I learned and I think that, you know, it's interesting to hear someone say that you're an inspiring person, like my existence, you know, it's, 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 a it's, it's, I understand what, what you're saying and I've definitely heard it so many times, but it's also odd because it's like, like, like it's just kind of who I am but at the same time there's a lot of people that who they are like and how they express that version of themselves inspires others there's so many people that inspire me and so to know that I am possibly that for many others is really you know it's something that I don't take lightly and it's something that you know I'm really grateful for to occupy that space and so what I want to do with that space I know it's 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 expansive but I don't know what those specifics are and so that this next year of discovery through new music and through self like i just i i literally can't wait i just want to make sure i'm at optimal health while i do it mm. and um i think uh, great things are to come for 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 me musically and me as an individual and i'm trying to just stay in a very positive space and not lose sight of what my optimal 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 goal is which is to make good music that people can connect with and that they enjoy listening to like above all else that's the goal and so i hope through all this you know this depth and like health scares and learning my sexuality and all these different things really in the end i hope it still constitutes to just people being able to receive new wonderful music that i've made and it have them feel like their day is going better after listening to that song or feel like I, I want to listen to this ten times back to back and that makes me feel better. Like that's really the goal at the end of the day. All this political whatever, like all this activism. Yes, like I love to talk about these things, but I'm a musician first. Mm. And audibly I want people to be able to connect. So that's what I'm hoping that this this next couple years will do. I'm excited for what that's gonna look like because I, I feel like I'm an audience member of my own journey right now. Mm. And it's it's just exciting to be in that space to like not <laughs> have a clue what's next but to know that you're also kind of like the one that's directing the horse you know
2: well I will say just quickly that to to maybe quickly clarify my comments about you as a person in terms of you being an inspiration for me it's not simply informed by uh, your, the records you make the music you make the, this conversation it's informed by our previous conversation too I kind of know where you came from in terms of being in Toronto being in Brampton like all of it to me and people can go back to that episode or read up on Havaya to figure that out, I guess. But your trajectory is inspiring to me. You you have silenced doubters, and had to, for a good chunk of your life. And I I appreciate that. Is all I'm getting at. And I find it. And right now, your doubter, your main doubter, sounds like it's in your body, and <laughs> uh, and 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 I have a feeling that it doesn't know what it's in for. So all this to say. I just wanted to clarify that. Now, uh you mentioned a few promotional things. Uh as we're speaking, uh this record's going to be out uh this week, later this week in a few days. So, uh people can look out for that on November 12th. You mentioned your social media. Where would you like to point people uh to learn more about this record and you beyond I I guess they'll just look you up on socials, but is there a website and stuff? And also, I didn't I neglected to ask Will this mixtape be available in any kind of physical format, or is it just digital? Can you answer all my myriad questions in one <laughs> go?
0: Yeah. Um, social media, definitely. I would say Instagram is the best way to connect. It's you know where I post like updates that are music and non-music related. Of course, Facebook and Twitter are also places where you can find, especially like business-related stuff. The project stock exchange, yes, will be available on Friday, November the twelfth. And, uh, I believe we are going to have physicals. I think we'll have vinyl and CDs. Uh, oh, amazing. I, I, yeah, like it's, it's interesting because I'm calling it a mixtape, but it's very much rolled out like an album. And I think any project <laughs> that I do will be rolled out like an album regardless of what I call it because, well, I'm a musician and I just feel like, well, this is, this is what you're putting out that will like represent you when you're gone. <laughs> like, so yes, it's really absolutely. important. Yeah, it's really important to me, like how everything comes out regardless of what the, uh, the title is. I think I will have vinyl and CDs. That, that is the goal. Uh, I can't confirm it, but it's very likely that we will have both. We're also going to have new merch soon, which is really cool. wanna want to keep the kids in some cool swag, as they say. <laughs> um, have, I think I've forgotten one of the questions that you've asked. Oh, just
2: like website. Do you got a website? Where can people go beyond... Uh... Uh, uh, the social media. Is it Instagram? Is that the best place to keep track of everything?
0: Yeah, like the website is, is great too because like you can access like the merch store and all of the stuff I have available in my store. Like whether I have CDs and okay. vinyl, it will be there. And especially tour dates that 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 you can really find on the website. That's just hawaiamighty.com or .ca. Okay. I, think, yep. I think they'll redirect. Anyway, <laughs> will, it would be where you would find that sort of stuff. I'm on also social media but if you want to stay in touch with Or up to date with like kind of stuff that's non-music related. The best place to do that would definitely be uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, Twitter Mm -hmm. with certain like thoughts and then Instagram with definitely like kind of like story posts. And I've been a little uh, elusive recently because, you know, it's very personal dealing with a health thing. And you don't want people knowing every step of every little thing you've gone through. So I haven't been posting as often. Uh, Over the last couple of weeks, but uh, you can just tell by the sound of my voice. I can tell by the sound of my voice that I'm getting back to that version of myself that, you know, can kind of connect in the ways I used to. And I'm excited to kind of have that come back around and do that and feel strong enough to do that, healthy enough to do that. I revamped my room over the last three days, my space, and it's like, it's incredible. I feel like I've bought a new house, even though we're still saving for that. So it's like really good to. To, to feel like okay I can kind of reconnect in a, in a safe way that is that is balanced I will eat my breakfast first and then you know it's a lot yeah, of like adulting yeah. that I'm trying to implement into my life now <laughs> which is I'm talking about it like it's so interesting but like I know for so many people it's like wow okay like you ate you ate like a balanced breakfast that's like not that exciting but for me it's like as a 28 year old it's so exciting like this is the point of your life where it's like you either figure this out or you don't and it's like okay, I had like a really serious situation that led to me figuring out like a balance I couldn't figure out prior. To me, like that's super exciting. Like that's like indicative of like where I could, how long I could be on this earth. So I don't know, really interesting stuff, but... um,
2: No, it is. Don't get it twisted. It is. It's very important as when you, there are people in your age group and below and above who don't do that. So don't, it's important to talk about it. And I think given your platform, it's important to discuss it. So when you're ready to, to discuss it and not... I know what you're saying. You don't want to sound preachy about it, about something right. that might be boring. But also, welcome to adulting. That's all it is. <laughs> it's just, I learned a thing. Like I told you, I read a book that might help you. And that's what we do. We try to help each other So with yeah. resources. So I think it's important. Now, before we wrap up, I'd like to uh, go out on a song, if possible, from Stock Exchange. And if that is possible, I wonder... Can you select the song and tell us why it came to mind?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, the song I think I want us to select from Stock Exchange is Protest. And the reason that I would like to select Protest is because I feel like it was one of the more impactful songs. It probably gives people the energy of 13th Floor um, because it, it, it kind of comes from that overarching theme of like unfair treatment um, but really, I also feel like w- there's a beautiful video that supports it that really tells a story in a, a non-violent way. You know, you don't have to watch kind of triggering images to kind of like receive the intel. But on top of that, I think that it's something that we don't talk about as much now. Like the conversations change so rapidly in kind of like this mainstream like world and like what is important or prioritized like it changes so rapidly. And so in 2020, the summer of 2020, talking about protesting and actually attending protests and, and speaking out against things was kind of like all the rave. And now, it, like, it's still happening. I think that there's still been like really positive things left behind where people are using their Instagram stories and their social media platforms to like talk about things more and share things more. And uh, that's something that I think is really important, hopefully is leading to like uncomfortable conversations that will hopefully mm. lead to change. Uh, but protest is kind of like one of those moments in time where I think we can forget about what happened that year in that time of that year, and like move on to something else. And it's not a topic that I think that we should be moving on from. Um, I think it's still really important to to recognize that we kind of have this tension between certain communities and particularly law enforcement and like i don't forget it anytime i'm driving on the road and i see a cop i know like i feel that exact same emotion every single time and so like this is a conversation that we need to keep having uh i feel like it's a really powerful song that that hopefully allows people that maybe haven't understood prior to like understand why something like protesting is valuable to certain certain communities and groups and Mm -hmm. why like the unfairness plagues certain people to a certain degree because for a lot of people, it's like, well, what do you experience? I know I've been told so many times, like, you're you're living in Canada. You don't know what racism is. Like, racism doesn't exist here. And it's mm. like, whether you care what it looks like here or not, this song really kind of, like, divulges into what that is and then, like, having Yizzy on it from the UK talking about his perspective as a light-skinned male is, like, just adds so much to the story because it's like, I'm coming from a very different perspective And so what I have to add Is very different Than what a male needs Like what a male has to say And then what a male Who is light skinned Who's like caught in the middle What their experience is And these conversations We should continue to have them uh, With different members Of our community Who have you know Different tones of skin and, And who are Identifying differently In terms of gender So that we can get closer and closer to what that resolution is and that goes for all uncomfortable conversations that we should keep having uh but you know i think protest is one of the more impactful ones off of stock exchange that's the one i think we should uh we should uh, cut to right now
2: well there's nothing more to be said let's hear it this is a protest featuring izzy off of stock exchange by havaya mighty avaya always an honor and a pleasure to speak with you and i care about you a lot so i hope you uh feel better soon and that we talk again soon and best of luck with everything in the future
0: thank you so much i really appreciate that and and this conversation we have great conversations that i will say <laughs> to get you high. i got the over the shoulder look pat a me that the boy want track down the Whole squad pulled up so they ran down that doors so the door get rammed down Lay inside so my heart just sank down Bright ass lights when they scan down Warn my boy so I flag down Look away wave my me hips so me dash up I got the over the shoulder look back down I me that the boy want track down Those squad pulled up so they ran down that doors so the door get rammed down When we see them, my heart just sank down It seems that like the boy want crack down What the fuck bro, man down Y'all need to broaden your scope Make sure you got darker skin and brought on your nose I be sick when I be thinking about the trauma we know This shit is scripted, watch the drama unfold You hear them sirens, that's the sound of the law They say be silent with their hands on your jaw They say you violent, but they act like they God They want submission They'll let your ass get ravaged by the dogs Cause there's a system And my black ass just don't fit it Oh, I get it She takes a race game And this game is hopeless From the 60s, they displaced the Scotians Back then, they made slave patrol and night watches They became the roaches Immigrants said this gate is open Did the whole island, it came the closest So why walk with this strange emotion in my head? Cause this greatest is ropes and chains And I don't feel safe in a sexual pill Wipe on a strip like a six-course meal And I ain't tryna get caught up I would never flare up, I don't need no deal. I never straddle the devil. If it's hot, I don't handle the kettle. In my hand, you will shoot you, whatever. Whatever, whatever,
1: whatever,
0: whatever. Wipe on the right, so me go left. Cause if them not see me, then it's no stress. Weight is on my back, I'm getting no rest. Better see them and them at the protest. They say I'm a waste, but I'm focused. Blizzard in the way, it's the coldest year When you see us play like you don't notice I just pray to why them never roll up I got the over the shoulder look pat down i me that the boy want track down Whole squad pulled up so they ran down Locked doors so the door get run down the inside so my heart just sank down Bright ass lights when they scan down Warn my boy so I flag down Look a wave on my hips so me dash up I got the over the shoulder look pat down i me that the boy want down down, whole squad pulled up, so they ran down. that doors, so the door get rammed down. When we see them, at are just down. It seems that like the boy want to crack down. What the fuck, bro? Man down. Change but it never did, myself and less, that's unsettling, don't let you get stressed off of me, G, know me what's a scout to a veteran, all my niggas from Southside. side, on on patrolling and pressuring, thinking they're bad but they never been, they just got a trigger finger and too much adrenaline, rising up, feds got gang in the side as fuck, I didn't know if I ever get touched by not, let alone G-checked or so butt, then watch the crime rate it will rise it up, oh. touch me and the crime rate's rising, the press call me a young black king, Say they lie that I'm skin. I feel caught in the middle, it's frightening Dark enough to get shot by feds But not light enough to look anything like them When my reality is
1: I went from news at 6 To views from the 6 when at 19 I could have been 6 feet under Yo, with a bumper. who's
0: this younger? White eyes, these side where me come from Thinking they're bad, but they never been They just got a trigger finger and too much adrenaline I Think it's my melanin, is it the skin I'm in to make them wanna turn me to a skeleton they said it would change, but it never did All this shit look the same when I pop out Everywhere that I go, gotta watch out Still my skin isn't something I swap out Dark skin with the dread, them I feel like the white and playing henchmen with my folks. See a lot of dead men after white and beat them and arrest them. Oh no, no, I'm calling, I'm calling you blood. Cause I'm getting to new heights, so you better know your rights.
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST.
2: Well, thanks again to Havaya Mighty for returning to this show, this time to appear on the 649th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for on any of your uh, podcast platforms there, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook. You can follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast. $6 or more a month grants you access to exclusive content. And, uh, oh, if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control t-shirt, just message me on Patreon and I'll get you one while supplies last. I just want to quickly say that, you know, your support for the show financially is uh, it's a nice little... Uh, it's obviously a nice boost financially, but it's also just a uh, show support generally. If you like the show, you know, the show is available for free everywhere. But if you enjoy the show and you want to support me and my endeavors and uh and encourage the show to continue i i would if you can go to patreon.com slash creative control and again whatever you want a dollar two dollars three dollars five dollars i missed a number there but whatever you want uh it's flexible it's you can change it whenever you like again patreon.com slash creative control to show your support uh, for this otherwise free uh product for you (laughs) i hope you enjoy it anyway Uh, What was I going to say there? Oh, yeah. Thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer, Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about and place special orders at uh, via their website, blackbird.ca. I also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Grandad Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. Uh, Hopefully you're looking at a podcast description that has links to all of the aforementioned things with websites and you can click on them and check out these businesses and my businesses or whatever I just said and, uh, you know, support them. Thank you. Speaking of support, thanks to Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music of his on the show. He's a dear old friend of mine. You can learn more about Jim at his website, jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with the uh, very uh, brave and thoughtful Haviah mighty. I hope she uh, is doing okay as we're speaking, uh, as I'm speaking to you now, it's been a a week or so since we spoke and I uh, was troubled to hear that she was struggling, but she also doesn't sound like she's struggling. So hopefully that's continuing. Check out her new mixtape stock exchange. And yeah, thanks for listening to this episode and consider subscribing to the podcast and telling your friends about it and helping spread the word about it, following it, subscribing to it. That all helps. And, uh, Otherwise, yeah. Thanks so much again. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.